This is Firepower, only at Bandog Video. And now, your host, Will Johnson. Good evening. How you doing? My name is Will Johnson. This is FirepowerNews.com. Myself and Tom Pepper will be hosting the next two hours. So, have you seen it in the news? President Trump, he is on a, he's being attacked on all fronts. Every which way you look, the Democrats are attacking President Trump because nothing is working, so they're trying everything. Reality is truly upside down when it comes to the Democrats, to the socialists, to the communists, to the leftists, whatever it is you prefer to call them. Listening to the impeachment yesterday, we have congressmen saying that hearsay is more factual than talking about reality, than getting information directly from, from the horse's mouth. This is Congress. This is how reality is becoming now. You can say whatever it is you want to say about someone, and then you have to believe it. It's almost like the hashtag believe me too, or believe hashtag me too, right? You believe the hashtag believe the woman, no matter what they say. This this reality, this attack on reality didn't just start yesterday. It didn't just start last week, last year. I believe, if I want to put a date on it, a soft date, it started when Obama walked through the doors. When Obama walked through the doors, all of a sudden, we end up with same-sex marriage. We ended up with men going into the same restroom with little girls. We ended up with men dressing up like dragon queens and they're reading to our children. All of this happened under Obama. Now, granted, a lot of this probably took place before Obama came into office, but it was nothing like it is now. Do we, they have, we even have the left telling little boys and little girls that you don't have to be the way God created you. You understand what I'm telling you? So everything, nothing, what you see is what, what is the reality that the left wants you to see. They want you, they want to paint this picture that everything is the way they say it is. I had someone that was, I was arguing with on social media and I'm sitting there telling this person, I said, you know, you, if you're a man and after 40 years, you're always going to be a man, no matter what. I had a progressive liberal sit there and tell me that I don't understand biology. Two plus two will always equal four, no matter what. The Democrats are attacking President Trump on all fronts, like I said. Not only are they going for this impeachment, but they're trying to subpoena his tax records. CNN, a.k.a. the Criminal News Network, or fake news, whichever one you want to prefer, put a tweet out saying, And I quote, President Trump asked the Supreme Court to block eight Manhattan grand jury subpoenas for copies of his financial records and tax returns. There's another tweet, actually, right after that, that CNN put out. The case marks the first time lawyers for the president have gone to the Supreme Court arguing that the president is always or should not be immune or he should not be immune to criminal proceedings while in office. This is the, this is what they're talking about. They want to have criminal acts against president Trump. 
His taxes, there's nothing there. Do me a favor. While we're sitting there talking, go over to Bandot Video. When you go to Bandot Video, click on the top left here. You click on that and you go down to Firepower News. Once you go down to Firepower News, you can watch the feed live right there. All right, let's head on into the studio. So there's so much going on in the news today. It's like, how do we get to all of it? How do we get to all of it? We have to really pay attention to what's going on. There was a shooting in California. A lot of people think it might be a distraction. It's just kind of convenient that it happened right now. But when I hear to talk about the crazy stuff that's happening, right? Yes, we are. Firepowernews.com. Ban that video. Ban that video. Stay tuned. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. See you in a minute. Did you ever have any doubt about the fitness of this president? To I serve? never did. Any doubt about his mental acuity? I never did. Any question about his truthfulness, his ability to tell the truth? Savannah, I talked to him multiple times, and when I had issues, he always heard me out. I never had any concern on whether he could handle the job, and ever. What about his truthfulness? Did you think he was a truthful person? Yes. In every instance that I dealt with him, he was truthful, he listened, and he was great to work with. All right. Now, according to CNN's count, the president has made uh, about 1,200 false claims since this past July. He makes false claims even about things that don't even look good for him, like saying he won in Alabama, for example, by 42 points when he actually won by a very solid 28 points. Uh, obviously, 28 points is great, but he, he, he said 42 points looks very good for him. Uh, can you really say that he's been truthful to the American people? My comment to Savannah was in every instance that I dealt with him and every situation in which I worked with him over those two years, he was always truthful in all of those situations. And I stand by that. Well, what about to the American people? You know, I think that he is, I know from being a public official and, and being around lots of elected officials, you can slip up and at times and get things wrong, and that can happen. Um, but I think overall, everyone tries to be truthful. Everyone tries to do the right thing. And, you know, but all I can tell you is from my experience. And in my experience, he was always truthful with me and always truthful in the issues that we were working on. I, I went I went through the book, mm -hmm. your book. Uh, and once again, with all due respect, and I'll say this with all due in the book, you describe, especially during the campaign, very, very serious controversies, very serious disagreements you had with the president during the campaign when you were supporting Marco Rubio. He tweeted, the people of South Carolina are embarrassed by Nikki Haley, right. to which you respond, bless your heart. Uh, here's some of the things you were saying during the campaign. Okay. All right. So that's Nikki Haley. She's on CNN with Woofie Blitzer today. And, you know, they're trying to get her to go against President Trump. That's the whole thing. Talking about, is he truthful? You know what? Everyone says something that go back and say, well, that wasn't true. Does does that mean that President Trump was like just blatantly going out there lying? I don't think so. See, the left, they want to make him look bad to everybody, even the children. They don't want they want President Trump to look like he's not fit to be president. That is their goal. They 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 are on the, the agenda. Their primary goal is to give everyone reason not to vote for him. And that's what, and that's what CNN, the criminal news network, and we're going to play another clip where they try to act like, or Wolf Blitzer does, try to act like the, 
that they're not doing that or his particular show doesn't do that, how they try to go after President Trump. But that's all he ever does. That's that's all they ever do. Any of them, all of them. Uh, do we have Tom with us? I'm here with you, Will. Okay, there he is. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing great. So I, I do think it's interesting. I mean, that Nikki Haley now, for whatever reason, is not turning against President Trump. I mean, this may be an unpopular thing to say, but I think we should remember this is the woman who, yes, supported Marco Rubio, the phone boy. She took down the Confederate flag in South Carolina. She worked against President Trump's foreign policy objectives when she was at the U.N. Like she's not been a real good ally to the president. And now, years after she's left office or left her position at the U.N., now she's coming out and saying, oh, the deep state tried to recruit me and we're supposed to think this is so wonderful. So I almost wonder if she's preparing herself, if she thinks she's going to be the candidate come 2024. Uh, Charlie Kirk, I think, tweeted out uh, in 2015, I think that Nikki Haley will be the first female president in 2020 or something like that. So it is very conspicuous and it is telling that CNN and all these people, they think they seem to think they can flip her. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Tom. And you know what? Speaking of that, we actually have a clip while she was on the Criminals News Network. They showed her what she was talking about when she was campaigning for Marco Little Rubio and how she was talking bad about President Trump at that time. So let's play that video clip and then we'll come back and talk about it because it proves everything you just said, Tom. Donald Trump is everything I taught my children not to do in kindergarten. I taught my two little ones. You don't lie and make things up. During anxious times, it can be tempting to follow the siren call of the angriest voices. We must resist that temptation. When you were talking about those loudest voices, those angriest voices, in that context, you were referring to Donald Trump, correct? He was one of them, yes. We are talking about a man who has filed for bankruptcy for times. I will not stop until we fight a man that chooses not to disavow the KKK. That is not a part of our party. That's not who we want as president. We will not allow that in our country. I see you smiling. But yeah. You were very serious in those days. Yeah, it was good. That was, that was then. a fun time. So what happened since then? Nothing happened since then. I mean, what I can tell you is, you know, those issues that I had with him then, I did have with him and the issues that I've had with him since then, I've talked to him about. So, you know, a lot of people want to know how I got through the process. I told him the truth. If I saw something wrong, I said that I thought it was wrong and gave options on how we could make it right. If I saw him doing well, I'd cheer him on and support him. You know, you don't agree with a person 100 percent of the time. What you try and do is improve the situation to the best of your ability. That's always what I tried to do. I always tried to be honest. I always tried to be fair. And I always tried to fight for America. And um, and sometimes that was disagreeing with him. And sometimes that was agreeing. You, you believe he's a good example for children today? I've talked to him and I've said very openly that his tone and his way of speaking is not something that I do. I have a different style of speaking. Um, and there have been times where I would call him and say, did you have to say that? Did you have to do that? And. And he would be like, I know, I know, you know, so, I mean, I always talk to him about it and I would tell him, but, you know, at his age, I, we're not going to change him. That is who he is. Yeah. You know what, Tom, you're absolutely right. That proves it right there. And 
She's saying that at his age, you're not going to change him. Or, I mean, so CNN is like CNN and the rest of the liberals. Is that their goal to change him? I mean, they're not going to. But you know what? It's it's like because she understands how uh, her saying what she said then, you know, she said nothing changed, nothing changed. But President Trump is not a racist. I mean, so for for her, to, to she, she could have at least corrected herself and said that. But she did. Right. And to me, that is well, that- the problem. That's exactly right. I mean, some of the things she said that he never disavowed the KKK. President Trump first disavowed the KKK in the year 2000 when he was considering running for president under the Reform Party. He disavowed David Duke and he disavowed the KKK and he disavowed the communists. Uh, the bankruptcy thing. President Trump never once declared personal bankruptcy. A few of his hundreds of businesses went bankrupt. President Trump never went bankrupt and she couldn't even address the question about lying. You know, she, he was a terrible, despicable liar and he can't be around her children back in 2016 come 2018 oh he's such a wonderful person and i'm going to go defend him on cable news i mean i think this is really the takeaway here is well a lot of these people these these so-called republicans that are going to save our country a lot of them are just snakes in the grass <laughs> they're, they're yes they are they're like big barracudas or not barracudas but big pythons slithering around trying to eat and 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 Take up everything they can. So I know we're getting ready to come to a break here. Nikki Haley, I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing, you know, that she could be the first president, first female president. But I mean, I still think she can, you know, at least at least now she's, you know, she's still showing her support for President Trump, regardless of what she said in the past. And to be honest, I didn't really care for for Trump when he was like on The Apprentice. I thought he was arrogant. But now I understand his attitude. I mean, I understand where he's coming from for the most part. You know, I don't know the man personally, but from what we've seen, for what he's done for this country uh, and what he's what he's trying to do this for this country and how the entire left is attacking him. I'm for President Trump. And yes, I don't think he's perfect, but I'm going to support President Trump come 2020 because what we have coming from the left. I don't know why anybody in their right mind would support any of these Democrats. But then again, we're talking about people in their right mind. And that is not the Democrats, because the Democrats are not in their right mind, because if they were in their right mind, they would be trying to tell little children not to be the way God created them. All right. Firepowernews.com, Will Johnson, Tom Pepper. Go to band.video, band.video. We'll be back after this break. Was it appropriate, based on everything you experienced in the world of diplomacy, for Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer, someone who had no security clearances, to be engaged in what's being described as this shadow diplomacy, this U.S.-Ukrainian shadow diplomacy? Was that appropriate? I have, during my time at the United Nations, I never saw Rudy engaged in that way. It is best practice if you have a special envoy to handle certain areas. And we do that all the time. These are part-time people that come in and they just um, give them the title of being the special envoy. They probably should have done that so that there wasn't any confusion. Yeah, but based on everything we, we know right now, was it appropriate for months and months for Rudy Giuliani to be so deeply involved in this Ukrainian policy with, with a purpose, specific purposes, and he makes it clear, to get dirt on the Bidens? You know, 
they keep bringing up Rudy Giuliani as if Rudy Giuliani was the main problem. Rudy Giuliani is a personal lawyer to President Trump, which he stumbled on to what the Bidens were doing in Ukraine. It's like they're they're trying to make it look like Rudy Giuliani specifically went to Ukraine to find out what the Bidens were doing. Is that what is that what Rudy Giuliani did? Because I've never heard Rudy Giuliani say that. Now, should we go with hearsay? Should we go with that a little birdie told us something? Should we go with that, Tom? Because I've never, I've yet to hear Rudy Giuliani say, I went to Ukraine specifically to find out what the Bidens were doing to give that information to President Trump so then that way President Trump could use it against Biden or somehow get Ukraine to help us in the 2020 election. And I still don't understand how Ukraine could change anything here in America for the votes. Do you, Tom? Well, no, it's not possible. I mean, what this really comes down to is the mainstream media now has a vendetta against Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, the guy who was in office in New York when the towers fell on 9-11. The media has a vendetta against this guy because whenever he would go on these shows and they would have him on because he was a great guest. He was the president's personal lawyer, like you said, Will. And so they would have him on and he would immediately bring up the fact that Hunter Biden received in excess of $50,000 a month from Ukraine that Joe Biden, vice president at the time, got the prosecutor looking into this possible corruption, got him fired. It was a literal example of quid pro quo. So Rudy was very good. He's a very good communicator. He's very good on cable news. And they would bring him on and he would eviscerate the Bidens. And as you remember, Will, the Biden campaign issued a memo to the press saying you will no longer have America's mayor on your program. Signed the Biden family. This is just a vendetta against the man. Yeah, exactly. I remember that. And then so yesterday at the impeachment hearing, this whole crazy impeachment hearing, Mark Meadows was on there and he specifically said what Joe Biden was doing. Uh, Not Joe Biden, what Rudy Giuliani was doing. And he's talking about Rudy Giuliani found out what the Bidens were doing as a footnote. It wasn't even the main thing. So let's go to that clip from yesterday where he he completely lays it out. Consistent with the way that he's done. President have dispatched Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back on this Ukraine pause. Was it okay for him to do that? Listen, the president obviously at that particular time was looking at a defense from the 2016 election charges. That's why Rudy Giuliani got involved. But he told uh, this other. Uh, hold on, let me let me let me finish, Manu. And and so as we start to look at that, the whole context of why Rudy Giuliani was uh, was involved was as a defense of this president against false accusation. What came out of that, uh, beyond that, in the whole Biden barisma, I think that is a footnote, a side note, that we're all wanting to talk about now. Why don't you talk about the fact that there are some merits to the fact that Hunter Biden was on the board and that Vice President Biden, at worst case scenario, should have recused himself from interfering with some of those decisions in February 2016. Yeah, see? They don't want to talk about they don't want to talk about what he just said yesterday. They could care less. Their main goal is to destroy Rudy Giuliani because Rudy Giuliani brought to light what Joe Biden was doing. And again, they are protecting their own. 
I mean, that you couldn't have said it any better, Will. The mainstream media exists to protect career politicians like Joe Biden, like Hillary Clinton, like all of these people, these creatures, even many Republicans who never seem to have any uh, accountability for their actions. They never seem to have any consequences. And frankly, up until Rudy Giuliani became close friends and a confidant and a personal lawyer for President Trump, he was included in this category. I mean, Rudy Giuliani could do no wrong to listen to these people and then suddenly bam he's tied in with trump he's close with trump he's investigating corruption he's trying to get to the bottom of this and now rudy giuliani has been thrown to the wolves so it really shows these people have no loyalty this is all about the big globalist cabal and winning against america yeah you know what and to change speeds up we have a shifty shift you know with this whole whistleblower and they keep saying that the whistleblower needs to have protections, right? And, oh, yeah, well, I agree. If you're going to whistleblow on someone, you should have some protection. Like if you're in a White House, you shouldn't probably lose your job. If you see someone doing something wrong, you should be able to come out and say something about it. But when they prove that the whistleblower came out with fraudulent information or fake information and blatantly lied, I think it's a little bit different. And then on top of that, the whistleblower information is hearsay. So how was how was a person that get hearsay information a whistleblower? You know, I mean, if I relay it to to A or to B, and then B relays it to G and 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 C, how does how does that not become you know just leaked information? So let me let's go to this clip here. This is with Shifty Shift number twenty five, where he says. You know, he's still claiming that he doesn't know. Just to ask a a clarifying question, do you anticipate when we might vote on the ability to have the whistleblower in front of us? Something you, of the 435 members of Congress, you are the only member who knows who that individual is. And your staff is the only staff of any member of Congress who's had a chance to talk with that individual. We would like that opportunity. When might that happen in this proceeding today? First, as the gentleman knows... That's a false statement. I do not know the identity of the whistleblower, and I'm determined to make sure that identity is protected. But as I said to Mr. Conaway, you will have an opportunity after the witnesses testify to make a motion to subpoena any witness and compel a vote. Uh, I mean, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. Didn't know the whistle, the whole whistleblower, didn't the person who is the whistleblower, didn't that person go to his office in the first place? So you mean that, I mean, so we're, so we're, we're supposed to believe that a whistleblower shows up at his office and he's not going to talk to the whistleblower. I mean, really? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what's been reported that the whistleblower first uh, consulted with Shifty Shift to decide what exactly he was going to blow the whistle for. I mean, beyond that, it's been reported now for something like two months. Eric Chiaramella. Why is this so hard? This is such a ridiculous game. And God bless Jim Jordan for playing along, but I couldn't do it. The rank dishonesty that's happening in Congress. Oh, I don't know who the whistleblower is, and if you do, you should tell me. All right, I'll tell you. Eric Cheramella. That's who it's been. That's who it was. That's who it who will be till the end of time. The guy who you can get banned from Fox News for mentioning. The guy who you can get banned from Facebook for mentioning. The guy who you can get banned from Twitter, YouTube, Google, Bing, everything for mentioning. It's so such a ridiculous little game that they're playing. And, you know, Will, for four years now, I've been waiting for the adult in the room to stand up and say, <laughs> we know who this guy is. And it just won't happen. They keep playing along. 
<laughs> exactly. The adult in the room is not going to happen because there are a bunch of children that have been given power and they're saying mine, 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 and they're not going to let it go. That's what it is when it comes to Congress of today. The year 2019 about to be 2020 and there are nothing but tyrant children on the hill. We'll be back. Remember, Adam Schiff has changed on this. When the whistle, when this first started, he said we need to hear from the whistleblower. Then here now, the last several weeks, he said, no, we don't need to hear from the whistleblower. The one thing that has changed in that time frame is we learned that Adam Schiff wasn't square with us when he said he hadn't talked with the whistleblower. The whistleblower had met with Schiff's staff. So the thing I keep coming back to is 435 members of Congress. Only one, only one knows who the whistleblower is, and only one member of Congress has had their staff yeah, meet he with said the whistleblower. He didn't know Adam him. Schiff. He said he didn't know him. No, he's now had three positions. First, he said the whistleblower testified. Then he said the whistleblower shouldn't testify. And now he's saying, I don't even know who the whistleblower is, so even though my staff met with him. He's not under oath? No, well, I mean, look, he's, he's been all over the place on this whistleblower. Okay. We all want the whistleblower to hold up their right hand and, and testify so we can see their, okay. what, kind of, what kind of motivations and bias they have. How do we know that the whistleblower wasn't made up? You ever think about that? I mean, anyone out there, how do we know? Because if they want the you know, whistleblower protection laws in place to where the whistleblower never has to show up, they could produce another whistleblower tomorrow and another one the day after that and another one a day after that. There's no ending to them producing a whistleblower if the whistleblower never has to come forward. In this case, when they're going to impeach the president, one of the one of the worst things you can do in this country, I personally think the whistleblower should have to come forward. What do you think, Tom? Well, it's absurd that he shouldn't have to come forward, and it's absurd that you have every single cable news network and every single big tech platform all working essentially with Adam Schiff to keep yes. this man's identity a so-called secret. I mean, it's not a secret, and Jim Jordan, again, I love that he plays this game. I appreciate the game, but I think it's a disgusting game. We know the identity of the alleged whistleblower, Eric Jaramella. This is not some big state secret. This is not some big... Oh, my God. They said the name. Everybody knows the name. Everybody knows that Schiff has talked with the guy. And it really just proves, I mean, this is the entire crux of the Democrat impeachment push that we have this whistleblower and he's some he is a genius. He is he is saintly. This whistleblower, he must not be named or it will it will ruin his sainthood. I mean, the guy has been named. He's a punk. He worked for the CIA. He worked for Biden. He worked for Obama. He worked for every major Democrat. He's done photos with Pelosi. He's done photos with Elizabeth Warren. He's done photos with Biden. I mean, this guy is a little deep state creature. He is a peon. He is a drone. And he's exactly what you said, Will. He is a useful idiot where they got him to say what they wanted him to say. And now, like you said, they could get 50 more just like him. And this all goes back to what crying Chuck Schumer said years ago. If you go against the intelligence community, they have eight ways from Sunday to get back you. Well, this is how they're going to do it. They're going to get these little CIA spooks who look like they couldn't lift a two-pound dumbbell, and they're going to line them up like dominoes and call them the so-called whistleblower. And, well, the only thing that's more disgusting is you've got Nancy Pelosi saying the idea that President Trump should get to face his accuser is a Republican talking point. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing stopping them. I mean, it's like, the. I mean, you know, you have the Republicans saying it, but it's like they're just voicing their opinion about it and none none of it is changing 
is still happening. I mean, so actually that's not him. Actually, that's not him. So, you know, that, that, that picture has been going around and saying that's him, but that's not actually him. And so a lot of people believe that's been a lawyer for some reason. Even Rush Limbaugh came out and actually and said that was him and he had to backtrack it. I have to backtrack it. it that's not actually him. But Rand Paul, he actually talks about the the whistleblower as well. Let's let's play this clip because he actually, if I'm not mistaken, he actually says the name. If I'm not mistaken, maybe let's go to this clip, number twenty. You've called the uh, the whistleblower out by name recently in that interview. Now, are you certain that the alleged whistleblower is who you say he is? Uh, because none of the news outlets out there, the mainstream news outlets, have any confirmation about their identity. Is there something that you know that the nation doesn't about? this individual that can confirm their identity. You know, I haven't actually been alleging or saying that this person is the whistleblower. I was asked about a person, Eric Chiaramella, who the person interviewing me said was the whistleblower. And I said, I think this person should be interviewed, Eric Chiaramella. And I think he is a material witness to the Joe Biden White House, to the Obama White House, because he was there at the Ukraine desk. This has been widely reported. Whether or not he's the whistleblower, I think, will be determined when he comes in to interview. But I'm not saying absolutely one way or another, but I'm saying it has been reported that he's the whistleblower. And it's also been reported that he was there in the White House when Joe Biden was traveling to Ukraine and when Hunter Biden was making $50,000 a month from a Ukrainian oligarch. So I think regardless of whether or not he's a whistleblower, he should be brought in as a material witness because there are questions as to whether or not he knew of the corruption that was going on with Hunter Biden, whether he reported it to his uh, superiors, or whether or not he had anything to say about the conflict of interest. Because the whole allegations against President Trump are that it was inappropriate for him to go, to look into the corruption of the Bidens. And mm-hmm. I actually think that it's the job of the president to look at corruption before dispensing foreign aid. Right, I do want to get to the the Biden topic in just a moment, but this inquiry was launched by a whistleblower who, of course, was not on that Ukraine phone call, but much of the witness testimony that we have seen in these transcripts and now heard publicly as of today confirms contents in those transcripts. So why reveal the whistleblower's identity? Do you think that's important? I think his identity is important for a couple of reasons. First of all, the whistleblower knows something that 50, 60 other people in the White House knew, and he has an opinion that it was wrong. Well, 50 or 60 other people have the opinion that there was nothing wrong with the phone call. So if someone's going to make an allegation based on an opinion, you ought to hear it directly from them. The other thing is... Yeah, you shouldn't be able to hear it directly from them. You know, Tom, this is... this. I mean, it's like... the. There's no more law and order. I mean, there's no more. We don't care who say what she says, what he says. What If he says blah, 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 as long as it goes against President Trump, you have to believe it. And then you can't even question it. You can't even question that what the information is coming from the whistleblower. And Shifty Shift got caught in a lie. Basically, this hearing yesterday... He straight up lied to the American people once again. He lied about what President Trump said on the phone call doing a parody, which is a total, just straight up a total lie. And then he lied about uh, saying that he doesn't even know who the whistleblower is. I mean, it's like he never had communication with him. I mean, what are we to believe? And the, the, the sad thing about all of this, Tom, is that majority of the people 
that will never look at the research, never look at another another side of the story, they're going to automatically believe everything Shifty Shifts just said. Well, it's the great gaslighting of the American public and the mainstream media and the Democrat Party have been in on it for years, but it's never been worse, more absurd or more in our face than right now. I mean, Adam Schiff's story has changed three times. He lied about the events of the transcript and the mainstream media just parrots whatever Schiff says as though it is gospel. If you dare question it, if you dare dare bring up the name of Mr. Eric CIA Aramella, if you dare question any of this, if you say the man's name, you will be hounded out of the media. You will be banned from all social media. You will be turned into a pariah. I mean, this is the most absurd point in this country since President Trump declared his candidacy. We've had some crazy times. We've had riots. People have died. People have been stabbed. People have been hit over the heads with a bike lock. Nothing holds a candle to the idea that this man is so sacred. If you say his name, he's Voldemort, his name who must not be spoken. It's easier to say <laughs> Alex Jones on social media than than it is to say Eric Sierra Mella. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we have one more clip before we go out. This is with Rand Paul, number 23, where he he schools this reporter about the information on the whistleblower. Let's go to it. The whistleblower laws, though, they protect a whistleblower. You know it's illegal to out a whistleblower. Actually, you see, you got that wrong, too. No, I mean, we you should work on the facts. Here's the thing. Yes, the whistleblower statute protects the whistleblower from having his name revealed by the inspector general. Even the New York Times admits that no one else is under any legal obligation. The other point, and you need to be very careful if you really are interested in the news, is that the whistleblower actually is a material witness completely separate from being the whistleblower because he worked for Joe Biden. He worked for Joe Biden at the same time Hunter Biden was receiving $50,000 a month. So the investigation into the corruption of Hunter Biden involves this uh, whistleblower because he was there at the time. Did he bring up the conflict of interest? Was there discussion of this? What was his involvement with the relationship between Joe Biden and the prosecutors? There's a lot of questions that the whistleblower needs to answer. Yes. James Rosen, Sinclair. Thank you, members. Uh, we hear it said routinely, and of course it's true, that impeachment is a political process, not a legal one. And yet, as we can all observe, many of the accoutrements surrounding the legal process are inherent in this political process of counsel, depositions, subpoenas, threats of perjury, and so forth. Uh, this was made starkly clear yesterday by Chairman Schiff, it seemed to me, when he reminded the minority that he would do everything necessary to ensure the legal rights of the whistleblower to That's preserve right. anonymity right. Uh, in this political setting. And so I wonder if you could explain to the American people why the legal rights of the whistleblower uh, should prevail in this political setting over those of President Trump who should ordinarily enjoy a right to confront his accuser. Well, let me just say this. I'll say to you, Mr. Republican Talking Points, what I said to the President of the United States. When you talk about the whistleblower, you're coming into my wheelhouse. I have more experience and intelligence than anybody in the Congress. Anybody's ever served. 25 years on the committee as top Democrat, ex officio, a speaker and leader. I was there when we wrote the whistleblower laws. The whistleblower uh, is there to speak truth to power and have protection from doing that. And any, any retribution or Harm coming to a whistleblower undermines our ability to hear truth. 
about power. So I will defend the rights of the whistleblower vehemently. Vehemently. Well, the president can come. If he has a a case to make, does he want to come speak? Does he want to... uh, Present in writing or speak to the the committee about his uh, what might be uh, uh, exculpatory for him. He has that right to do. But nobody, nobody, president, president is not above the law. President will be held accountable, and nobody should have the right uh, uh, to endanger whistleblowers. And that is the system that I will defend. And the American people, the American people understand that. Did you hear that, Tom? Mr. Republican talking point. (laughs) She did not like that. She did not like that question. Mr. Republican talking point. How was it a talking point? I mean, like I said, you said 50. I said five. I was being a little conservative. But, you know, they could literally come up with 50 different whistleblowers. Well, what we just saw, the, we saw Nancy Pelosi, her, her majesty Nancy Pelosi, queen of the Democrats, we saw her just say that the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, is now a Republican talking point. The idea that thousands of years of justice, common law through the Constitution, through what we have today, whatever that is, it has all been thrown out the window. President Trump has no right to face his accuser. President Trump has no rights. According to Nancy Pelosi, she said he's equal under the law. Well, he's not equal under the law. He's not getting, if if you accuse me of something, I would have the right to see you in court someday, Will. But that's not what President Trump gets. President Trump gets to be beneath the law. This is no longer law and order. This is no longer justice. This is a kangaroo court. This is a banana republic system. And Nancy Pelosi touting her 25 years of experience is absolutely hilarious on top of everything. She's admitting that she is a dinosaur. She is a Congress creature who has been there since the Paleolithic era. And she's going to use all those years of corruption to destroy the first great president this country has had in well over a century. Again, you are correct. She, you know, I think she she needs to she needs to retire, but she's not going to retire because the money's so good, and they don't want her to retire because she's one of the main ones that keeps bringing in a lot of money, you know. And that brings me to another uh, point. Uh, you know, the Democrats they have a whole bunch of people. They have two more people: Bloomberg and another guy named Delvin, I believe his name is. That that they they're, they're putting their name into the hat for the 2020 election. Basically saying that every all the candidates that are running, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, um, they they're not good enough is what they're saying, because for them to jump so late into the game, they're saying they're having to do it because the all of the ones that are currently running, they're not going to beat President Trump. We all see, we all know this. And that, and you know, for us to constantly have to go through to go through what we're going through in this country with them doing the impeachment, with them, with their, not even just us as the American people, but what President Trump has gone through for the past three plus years. No one in history has gone, I, I don't, to my understanding, no one in history, no president in history has gone through so much as President Trump. And they're trying to say that what President Trump is doing is worse than Nixon. Have you heard that? I mean, they're saying I it's have. worse than Nixon. I mean, seriously? What, what, what history books are they looking at, Tom? 
Well, if you want to talk about Nixon, I mean, the Democrats, if they want to bring Nixon into this, then what Nixon did is absolutely nothing compared to the allegations that are being faced by Obama. I mean, Nixon had some people break into a hotel to get some information, and he just barely knew about it. We now know from the tapes that have been released to the American public decades later. Meanwhile, Obama allegedly ordered uh, President Trump to be spied on for the purpose of getting Hillary Clinton election. So if they want to talk about worse than Nixon, there's a lot that happens nowadays that's a whole lot worse than Nixon. But, Will, you brought up this new character, Delvin, Dalvin, whatever his name is. I've never even heard of the guy before he started running. And first of all, his website was down earlier today. I tried to go take a look and see what he was uh, all about. I couldn't get it to load. That was hilarious. And second of all, (laughs) this guy is too late for several of the early primaries. I mean, Bloomberg got in right under the wire, so he's going to be in on the early primaries. But this is how disorganized the Democrat Party really is, that they're bringing in new candidates who aren't even going to be on the ballot in the early voting states. And they still think they can win because the party is a mess. It's fractured. It's being destroyed. And Nancy Pelosi, I mean, to her credit, she thinks that impeachment is the one thing that's going to bring the Democratic Party together, from the Nancy Pelosi dinosaurs to Ariana Presley, AOC, Ilhan Omar, and Congresswoman M. Effer, that they think this is going to unify everyone and bring them all together under one big roof. So hopefully, I mean, this could be be a big backfire. I think that this is going to be a failed impeachment. I think it's going to make the Democrats look like uh, ridiculous children. And I think it's going to make Trump have an electoral landslide that's going to be even bigger than Nixon's and Reagan's. We just have to keep fighting for the man. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to go back to uh, Nikki Haley. We were playing her earlier and she was on with Wolf Blitzer and she actually called out uh, Wolf Blitzer, CNN, and the left, how they are basically attacking uh, President Trump. I mean, right there in the Wolf Blitzer, you could tell he got completely, uh, he, he did not like it. So he's like, well, we're, we're not the ones doing it. And he's completely lying. So uh, this is number 18, guys. Let's go to that clip so Tom can see this. If the president did absolutely nothing wrong, if the phone conversation was perfect, couldn't have been better, as the president says, why not let, for example, the acting White House chief of staff, Dick Mulvaney, or the former national security advisor, John Bolton, come before the American people and and tell us what happened? You know, I mean, I think that, look, I was governor and I know the political games back and forth. I think if the president thought there was a genuine investigation he would have no problem with them testifying. I think he feels like this truly is a witch hunt. And so he has his backup and he thinks that this is all a way to y'all for y'all to trick everybody into saying something. I just know how he thinks. And so from that standpoint, he's going to have his guard up. He's going to have his backup and think that you're trying to pull his people in so that you can interrogate them and humiliate them or do something else. But why would they be tricked if they just have to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Why would they be tricked? I know, but you have to look at the fact we've got an impeachment going on when there's less than a year for an election. I mean, it screams politics. It screams all kinds of political gamesmanship. That's just the reality of it. And I think that, you know, you have to look at the situation that he's going to say, why would I send them there when I see what they're trying to do for political gain? But the House of Representatives has that constitutional authority. If they want to launch an impeachment inquiry, they can do that. And they are. Yeah, I mean, and they are. I mean, so they're going after him. You notice how she said, y'all keep doing this, and he didn't like it. You could tell he completely didn't like it. 
You know, I wish she would have brought it would have. You know what time would have been really classic had she brought up the Project Veritas while she was sitting there. But they probably had a discussion where to please don't bring up the Project Veritas because <laughs> uh, that really will just not, you know, make for a good interview. Well, it would have made for a great well, interview had she did that. She wants to be invited back. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But look, if I were Nikki Haley sitting in that chair for that, I might have said, look, we're coming off the Mueller witch hunt in which there are people. Look at everybody who's going to jail. Look at the people who will likely die in prison because they were pulled in and they testified before Congress. Look at Roger Stone. Any day now, we're going to find out he's going to die an old man in prison because he defended and supported President Trump. So that's what they would do if, God forbid, President Trump allowed anybody in the administration to play along. Yeah, absolutely. They, they want to get rid of everyone. I mean, they would love to put Alex Jones there if they could. They most definitely would to try to shut him up. All right. It's firepowernews.com. Fan.video. We'll be back. Yeah, I'm ready, David. There are just so many amazing women athletes out here today. It makes me so proud. Now, this is the first year that a trans woman is in the competition. How do you feel about that? Amazing. I feel honored to be a part of history. I have a lot of incredible trans friends who are athletes, and so we're all inspired this woman's competing. Uh-huh. And uh, have you actually ever met Heather Swanson? Uh, no, I've never competed against her before, no. She's not exactly your average trans athlete. Well, what is an average trans athlete? Honestly, I find that kind of bigoted, David. Okay. Heather Swanson is actually joining us now. Miss Swanson, how does it feel to be competing today? I can't tell you how free I feel now that I've started identifying as a woman. Now that I can compete as female, I'm ready to smash the other girls. And is it correct you just started identifying as female two weeks ago? I'm not here to talk about my transition. I'm here to kick some f***ing ass. Let me tell you something, Dingleberry. David Perry. I'm going to roll up the other women here, and I'm going to smoke them. I am the strongest woman this state has ever seen. Any words for the challenger, Miss Woman? Uh, good luck, Heather. <laughs> luck is for dudes. Well, with that, let's get right to the action. <laughs> wow. You know what? You know what? Good for South Park. I know they're going to receive a lot of hate from that. I mean, seriously, but that's exactly what's happening. You know, I'm just kind of curious. Have you seen that, Tom? I'm kind of curious on what happened. What was what happened? I need to go back and watch the whole episode. Do we have any more of that? What happened next? She's stronger. <laughs> oh, now they're in the boxing ring. Wow. So they're competing. They're doing all the tasks. Now they're arm wrestling. And he's just, I mean, she's just demolishing all of the real women. Wow. This, you know what? The sad thing is, is this is what's happening in reality. They're in the boxing ring. He's just beating these women to a pole. This is what's happening in the world today. They're playing tug of war. He just demolished all of them. Winning gold. 
Wow, one female can't even. I mean, seriously, this is this. How how was this not? I mean, you know, South Park did this some. I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny because it's actually happening. And mm-hmm. I can see the left right now. They're they're all upset. They're all completely buttered. How dare South Park do such a thing? <laughs> hey, it's actually happening. There was one it incident really where is. a lady, yeah, where a lady was wrestling, ended up in the hospital, and she says she's never experienced anything like it in her entire life because they allowed a man to wrestle with her and completely, completely beat her down. Well, it is very, I mean, it's unironically stunning and brave for South Park to do this. I mean, these guys have uh, routinely brought truth to power. Unlike the whistleblower, they're really speaking truth to power <laughs> using the power of comedy. But, you know, it does translate to real life, Will. I mean, uh, I, I believe an organization in Minnesota recently banned women, trans women, from competing with real women. And Ilion Omar, the squad member and noted Muslim, she came out and called for the organization to be condemned for doing so and i mean this happens all across the country it happens in high school it happens in collegiate it happens at the professional level and it's it's disgusting because of what it does to actual women athletes i mean we had an entire debacle about this from the 70s until the early 2000s title nine the the law is settled and now it's like they found a uh they found a loophole just say you're uh say i i now identify as a beautiful woman and i'm going to uh go to win the bowling league I mean, that's it's as simple as it is now. I mean, this is this is beyond ridiculous. This is the world we live in, and it's going to get worse. I mean, wow. It's like I'm at a loss for words. I mean, they're actually putting these men in positions where they're fighting, competing against other women when men are just inherently stronger. My God. All right, we'll be back. Welcome back, firepowernews.com, Will Johnson, Tom Pepper. So I think we're going to have a guest come on with us. But before we do that, I want to get to one other thing that I want to play here. This is with uh, one last clip that I want to get in here with Nikki Haley when she was on with Wolfie Blitzer. Because you see how she called out Wolf Blitzer in the last video, right before the uh, at the bottom of the hour, uh, the last hour. Uh, Nikki Haley. And the clip I'm talking about is 19, where you can tell Wolf Blitzer tried to defend what he is doing on CNN. And the Veritas video came out where they all get their orders, talk about impeachment, don't talk about anything else because they want to get President Trump impeached. If you have, if you're on cable news, if you have cable, you know, like, uh, you know, the different cable networks, there's this one particular uh, network, cable network that you can go look at CNN. I'm pretty sure that uh, CNN has it probably everywhere for their cable network channels. But instead of them just saying CNN for their channel or showing the picture for whoever is being broadcast for that particular hour, because, you know, they, they typically change the picture for every hour on whose who show it is going on. Um, but if you go to, to the network, it just says impeachment hearings for CNN. That's all it says. It says nothing else. 24 hours, 24-7. That's all it says, impeachment for CNN. 
because they are going after President Trump. So let's go to this video. Uh, this is number 19 with Nikki Haley. And you can tell Wolf Blitzer, he tries to jump. He tries to say, no, that's not what we're doing. At least not here. Let's go to it. Ambassador Sutherland, if Ambassador Sutherland says next Wednesday before the television cameras what he said in his revised addendum in his statement that this was done to to force the Ukrainians into engaging in a political investigation on behalf of the president for political purposes, what would you say? Show me the proof. Because I don't see anywhere where the president heavy-handed the president of Ukraine and said, you have to do this or else. Well, he and that's what everybody's going to come back and say. I mean, honestly, that's the nature of the defense here is, look, I know that y'all want there to be something wrong. But at the end of the day, there's nothing that shows he threatened or he held their hand saying, we're not going to release until you oh. do this. And that's that's the issue. And that's obviously that's the problem in Congress and why they can't come to a resolution. On I don't this. I just want to point out that when you say you all, we just want to report the news. We just want to report the facts. That. We want to see where this leads. So that's, that. We don't have a, a political position uh, here in the Situation Room. Did you hear that? Actually, just like we run, take that video back again for maybe like 10, 15 seconds right before he starts talking. Play that one more time, because. Wolf Blitzer just sit there and said that they don't have any political agenda. Who believes that? Who in their right mind believes anything he just said? He just sit there and said that. Saying we're not. Do you, do you have it? Go back and play release it again. until you oh. do this, and that's that's the issue. And that's obviously that's the problem in Congress and why they can't come to a resolution on. I don't. This. I just want to point out that when you say you all, we just want to report the news. We just want to report the facts. That. We want to see where this leads. So that's, that. We don't have a, a political position uh, here in the situation. That is a total <laughs> lie. Total lie. I mean, he and he has the nerve to sit there and talk about how many lies President Trump does. You know, President Trump did like 1,200-some lies, blah, blah, blah. He said, President Trump said he was 43 in the poll, where clearly he was 28, which still is good, but he was 28. Seriously? They, he just sit there and lie. So who should we believe? Should we believe Woofy Blitzer or should we believe President Trump? Did you see that, Tom? Uh, that is just uh, hilarious on its face, Will. I mean, we know from Project Veritas that they have a very clear, very obvious, very overt anti-Trump, pro-Democrat agenda. I mean, that was exposed thoroughly. We now know that Jeff Zucker, in fact, the president of CEN, has a massive axe to grind with President Trump. He thinks it's a good idea for President Trump to be kicked off Twitter. He wants all impeachment coverage every day. And actually, while we wait for our next guest, Patrick Halley, who worked for Tucker Carlson over at the Daily Caller for many years, it might not be a bad idea to play clip 29 because Tucker absolutely nails the little goblin Jeff Zucker for what he is. CNN went wall to wall with it all day under strict instructions from their reclusive dwarf king to squeeze every last drop of partisan drama from the proceedings. If you get stuck in an airport and happen to catch some of it, you can testify to how pointless and tiresome the whole thing was. If nothing else, it made you realize that Democrats really have no master plan for impeachment, whatever you may suspect. They clearly haven't thought it through. They're making it up as they go along, as most people in D.C. are. And in the end, impeachment almost certainly will hurt them. The whole premise is just too dumb not to hurt them. Yeah, it, it, it's going to hurt them. I mean, ultimately, it's going to hurt them. I mean, we're seeing it hurting them now. I mean... And, you know, and I talked about this in the very beginning and, and I'm not saying that this was all planned and I'm not trying to be, sound like a, how someone would say a conspiracy theory. 
or anything. But then we, you know, we had the hearing yesterday, Tom. And then today we had the shooting in California, which, you know, is horrible. No one wants that to happen to their children. None of us are advocating for that. Well, for the Second Amendment, that doesn't mean that we want people to be stupid and be monsters and go kill people. I just find it kind of like, and now the, 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 the mainstream media is doing nothing but talking about California and this, the shooting for the most part. And then, of course, you know, every now and then they're talking about impeaching President Trump. But it's like their main focus is on gun control again. Well, while I'm sure that the shooting, the very tragic shooting, I mean, a horrible, horrible thing, I'm sure that it happened organically. I'm sure it was just an insane person. But it is conspicuous that now the media found, ooh, new shiny marble. Let's talk about that incessantly exactly. for the next week and a half. And it's also, I mean, it is a yet another example of how the leftist narrative is going to collapse in on itself because that shooting happened in California, possibly the most anti-Second Amendment state in the Union. None of the gun control initiatives proposed by any Democrat, presidential candidate, Congress member, otherwise, none of the anti-gun initiatives would have kept this shooting from happening. So it's just another brilliant way that no matter what they do, they uh, when you're anti-reality, when you're anti-human, when you're scum, you cannot be right. Yeah, it makes me wonder, is Nancy Pelosi finally going to say something about California? I mean, the conditions in California are terrible. I mean, she, I, I've yet to recall hearing her say anything about California, you know, other than, you know, oh, California, but then let's sweep it on the rug because California is going to take care of itself. Oh, I have a nephew there taking care of, taking care of California. going to destroy it for me, you know. So there, here's a clip. Let's go. This one right here where we, I talked about it earlier where the, the left is associating President Trump with Nixon. And they're, and they're putting it out there trying to make it look like President Trump is doing the same thing with obstruction, trying to stop the, the investigation, which none of that has taken place. He's just not playing along the way they want him to play along. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, he's not doing what we want him to do. Obstruction, obstruction. It's not the case. So let's go to number six here, where they're talking about how Nixon and Trump are the same. Today, uh, the House Speaker, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, she went further in her accusations against the president. What does that signal, Phil? Yeah, Nancy Pelosi today, the Speaker, laying out the full scope of sc- and scale of the investigation, what she believes they found, but also one very important word. Take a listen. What President Trump has done on the record in terms of uh, acting to advantage his a foreign power to help him in his own election and of uh, the uh, obstruction of information about that, the cover-up makes what Nixon did look almost small. The president has admitted to and says it's perfect. I said it's perfectly wrong. It's bribery. Now, Wolf, it's that last word. It's bribery that has significance, potentially legal significance. Bribery is one of two specific offenses listed in the Constitution as impeachable conduct. That is an increase, a raise in the rhetoric from Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying, according to her, he has reached the threshold of one of those impeachable uh, offenses, something that could factor into an article of impeachment. Now, Pelosi has made clear no decisions have been made. They're still in the inquiry process, but there's no question about it, Wolf. When you talk to Democrats, they fully expect articles of impeachment are coming when the hearings are done. And there will likely be a vote to impeach President Trump. Perhaps bribery, at least according to what Pelosi said today, will be one of those articles. Well, see, I told you, bribery. 
That's what that's their anger. They're going on bribery. There was no bribe. I mean, I mean, seriously, President Trump didn't receive anything. You, I mean, don't you have to receive something? President Trump didn't receive anything. We don't need. He doesn't need help from Ukraine. We'll be back. Welcome back to Firepower with me, Tom Pappert and Will Johnson. Our guest for the rest of this hour is Patrick Howley, former reporter for Breitbart, former reporter for Daily Caller, where he works under, of course, Tucker Carlson. So, Patrick, we just showed a clip of Tucker where he referred to the one and only Jeff Zucker, president of CNN, as the reclusive dwarf king, saying that the reclusive dwarf king has ordered them to cover all impeachment all the time. I love his branding. It's almost as good as President Trump's. So just give us your thought. We're in day two of this impeachment inquiry hearings. The Democrats, it seems so far, have third-person hearsay. But the Republicans, it seems to me, we're still arguing about Eric Cheramella. What should the Republicans be doing if they actually took this seriously? Well, the Republicans should be going on offense. Look, the fact of the matter is the only reason we're debating Ukraine is because Ukraine happens to be the Democrat slush fund. This is where Nancy Pelosi's son, Paul Pelosi Jr., his company is doing business. This is where Romney's uh, son is doing business. This is where Kerry's stepson, the Heinz ketchup fortune kid, is doing business. This is where all of these losers, all of these idiots, all of these trust fund privileged prep school morons are doing business. And so this is why we're even debating this in the first place, because President Trump had the gall to say, maybe we shouldn't spend $250 million in taxpayer money to start a war with Russia over oil interests, private sector oil interests that have nothing to do with this country or the concerns of our taxpayers. That is why they're trying to impeach him, because they are so invested in this oil war. They are so invested in this nonsense and this mania that they've cooked up over there in in Ukraine and Russia that they have no conception of the fact that mainstream America is looking at this and saying, what the heck is going on? This is absolute insanity. This is media. But it doesn't matter to them because the only thing that matters is their money. And they are willing to use the United States government. That's how that's how little they think of this country. They're willing to drag our whole country through an impeachment thing. They're willing to use Jeff Zucker and CNN and NBC and these media outlets to go to bat for them. They don't care about this country. They don't care about the people who live there. All it is is just a a, a, a for-profit private sector cash grab for them, and they have literally zero um, uh, interest in this country or our people or our money or how it's being spent. Hey, Patrick, thanks for joining us again. Um, what do you think about Shifty Shift getting caught lying, saying that he doesn't even know who the whistleblower is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, first he met with them and then, cause to my understanding, the whistleblower went to him, presented him the information and then they told him exactly what to do afterwards. But Shifty Shift doesn't know who he is. What are your thoughts on that? 
Shifty Shift has been coordinating with this man the entire time. And so for Shifty Shift to say that he doesn't know who the whistleblower is, it's just yet another LOL in the entire LOL in, in this entire process. I mean, this is the biggest joke in the history of American politics right now. I mean, they are trying to create the aura of Watergate. They are trying to create the kind of uh, trappings of Watergate, the imagery of Watergate, and, and say, oh, well, President Trump has done something horrible. And they are banking on low-information voters who don't follow this stuff, just looking up on the television screen at CNN at uh, at their pizza parlor and saying, oh, my God, something big is happening. They're impeaching Trump over some kind of corruption. So they are going through all of the motions, all of the layers of their artifice and trying to create some kind of fake impeachment against the president. The fact of the matter is, I mean, this thing is a total 100 percent farce. That was evident today. That has been evident every single day since they started this hoax. And so it's just a question of are they going to be able to dupe low-information voters or are the Republicans going to actually grow a spine, going to actually grow um, the ability to have courage, cojones, as they say in Mexico, and stand up to this and go on offense and actually point out the for-profit criminality that's going on in Ukraine with Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and Mitt Romney and all of these people who are putting their black sheep son in surrogate positions at these Ukrainian oil and gas companies. Are we going to actually investigate that? Or is the Republican Party going to prove to be a quizzling party as it's proven to be time and time again in recent years? So, Patrick, one of the things, I mean, you, you absolutely are correct there, but one of the things that Nancy Pelosi actually said today, and we played the clip in the last segment, is that what President Trump did makes what Nixon did look small. So how on earth, I mean, do the average voter, how do you come to terms with this? Do you think the propaganda is working, or do you think that Joe Blow out in a flyover state USA is scratching his head and wondering what the hell Nancy Pelosi is talking about. It's all a matter of how much we can get our message out to people compared to how much they can get their message out to people. The Republicans are such idiots. The Republicans in Washington, D.C. think that we need to fight this within the Washington bubble. And, oh, maybe if we fact check them, then uh, this whole thing will go away. It's not going to go away. Nancy Pelosi knows as well as we know that nothing happened, that the whole thing is a farce. The fact of the matter is she is using her machinery to get the message out. So everybody who looks at CNN, everybody who looks at NBC News, everybody who looks at the Washington Post, etc., all of their assets are going all in on this, all in on the lie. And so instead of sitting around in Washington, D.C. saying, oh, well, let's fact check your little thing and maybe this isn't right and blah, 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 blah. That's what Conservative Inc. does. That's what these cowards do. That's why it's such a shame that Conservative Inc., you know, cut out all the people who actually had a real pulse who could uh, fight, you know, for the Republican Party at this point in time. The fact of the matter is, can the Alex Jones show, can Infowars, can the real news sources, can the real independent channels out there get it out there to as many millions of people as possible? The Nancy Pelosi is lying to you. The Democrats are lying to you. Shout it from the rooftops. Get it out there. 
Get a megaphone and go down to your local town hall. Tell everybody the Democrats are lying to you. It is a battle of numbers. That's what an election year is. The Republican Inc. kids have no idea how to fight this kind of battle. The battle is out on the streets. The battle is let's get our message out to more people than they can. Right now, they're winning. You know why they're winning? Because the Republican Party is a quizzling idiot party that doesn't know how to fight this kind of war. Mm, thank you. Thank you. You know what? Yeah, I agree with you because the Republicans, they've, they've been silent too long. They've like been complacent. They let the Democrats do all of these different things. So when we come back, I want to play a video for you, Patrick. This is with AOC and Bernie Sanders, uh, thinking that, uh, I guess the whole impeachment thing is going to be the way, the pathway for them to implement socialism for the rest of the country. So when we come back, we'll play that video for you. All right, everybody, we have Patrick Howie with us. Beautiful information. Ban that video. Ban that video. We'll see you back here in a minute. Oh, yeah. Ban that video. Free rock. I'm uh, I'm not concerned about it because the thing that we show with the impeachment of the president is that we can hold the White House accountable and also build our future at the same time. This is not an either or proposition. I'm sure Republicans would like to lead you to believe that this place shuts down. But um, we just I we just came from votes right now over here. So we're passing this agenda. We're centering um, everyday working people. And I absolutely refuse for any day that I am a member of Congress to not spend that time fighting for our community. And that's what this is all about. Trump should be impeached, and he will be impeached. But that does not mean that we neglect or ignore the other major crises facing this country, whether it is the housing crisis and the particular tragedies existing in public housing in Vermont, in New York, all over this country, and the global crisis of climate change. All right. We are mature enough as a nation to walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. One more thing. Let's not pretend. Let's. That's right, Theo Bernie speaking, not Nick. But, but let's not act or pretend that Donald Trump is not a climate crisis unto himself, because he has put foxes in the hen house, in the charge of EPA, in charge of public housing, in charge of virtually every federal agency that we have. And so if we want to protect our planet, we also, you know, we also need to make sure that holding the president accountable in this White House is a part of that, too. Now, she's talking about foxes in the hen house. She's talking about Ben Carson, if I'm not mistaken. Now, Ben Carson actually went to L.A. recently uh, to make some changes there because in L.A. they have an ep- epidemic of different different diseases popping up in the city. And he went there personally to look at the situation. The Democrats are not doing that. The Democrats have created the situation. The Democrats created the homelessness throughout the nation. They're creating the poverty. Patrick, Tom, this is, I mean, who, why, wish, why should we even go along with anything that Bernie Sanders and AOC is saying when, when we see the, the, the true facts was happening in the cities? 
Well, the fact of the matter is, well, that both sides are against us. The socialist left wants to create a totalitarian left in which we all have to submit to some kind of socialist uh, government, some kind of socialist government control of our lives. However, the far right is presenting the exact same vision. Charlie Kirk at Turning Point USA is presenting the exact same vision as the left. They are presenting a vision in which all of us have to maybe get a job at Walmart and maybe, you know, if we can suck up just enough, we can, you know, we can be part of this system and we can make $8 an hour changing money on, uh, you know, social security money that's being pumped through Walmart, going back to China for Chinese merchandise. I mean, the fact of the matter is both the far left and the far right are against our interests. And so the fact of the matter is, are we going to be able to create a third way? Are we going to be able to create a system in which we preserve Social Security and also cut taxes? Are we going to be able to restrict immigration, to stop the flow of migrants into this country, to build a wall, to change the immigration laws in this country, to protect America first? But you know what? Neither Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez nor Charlie Kirk is providing any kind of uh, of, of resolution to this problem. We are on the front lines. We, the American people, are on the front lines of the globalist takeover of the United States, and both the far left and the far right are against us. And so until either party addresses our concerns, we are going to continue to agitate against the uniparty in Washington, D.C., the swamp. And we are going to continue to hold them accountable because they are not representing our interests. So, Patrick, I love that you brought that up, especially the the Charlie Kirk wing of the Republican Party, if there even is such a thing. So one of the things I noticed in that video is <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who usually talks like this. She started doing her. I am from the Bronx and this is how I talk. She started. She totally changed her accent. She pulled a, a Hillary Clinton. And I, I she obviously does that based on who she's speaking to. But I think we've noticed some of the same thing happening on the right, where now Charlie Kirk is calling his events culture war and then he gets up there and talks about how we need to uh you know you can have transgenderism just wait till you're 10 years old and then pick one of the genders and and he talks about the gdp and this is apparently a, a <laughs> cultural item so can you just i mean what how what is the right way with all the tech censorship all the manipulation from the media to put forward this third way and talk about what america could actually be like if we could ignore and marginalize the uniparty Tom, uh, Charlie Kirk is not interested in your freedom. Charlie Kirk is not interested in the freedom of this country. Charlie Kirk gets paid by the Walmart shill lobby in order to uh, tell us that we need to accept everyone else from the rest of the world into this country. We need to give them amnesty as soon as they get here. And that provides cheap labor to Charlie Kirk's donors, to the people who tell Charlie Kirk what he can or cannot say. And so these people are the ones getting a job at Walmart. Now, that corporatist system looks very similar to the system that Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez is pushing when it comes to government uh, socialism. Now, uh, there, there is a battle when it comes to the assets, when it comes to all these billions and trillions of dollars. Who's going to control it? Is the, uh, are, are the socialists or the government socialists going to control it? Or are the, um, Charles Koch, you know, Walmart corporatists going to control it? But either way, it looks basic. 
basically the same. The people are getting absolutely hoodwinked here. The people are on the front lines of this battle. Both sides are against you. And I think people are finally waking up to that. And President Donald Trump, who I know is a third way kind of guy, who is a guy who almost ran on the Reform Party ticket in 2000, who as a guy in 2016 actually expressed day in and day out a genuine independent streak, a genuine streak of uh, I'm going to stand up to the Republicans. I'm going to stand up to the Democrats. I'm going to be my own independent person. Well, I, I, I appeal to President Donald Trump, tap back into that spirit, tap back into that independent spirit. Tell Mitch McConnell to go pound sand. Tell Charlie Kirk to go pound sand. Be the Donald Trump that is in your heart and in your soul, sir, because I believe in you. We all believe in you. And we're going to save this country, even though Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez and Charlie Kirk together both want to sell us out to the rest of the world. Because they hate this country. They don't give a damn about this country one way that's, or another. That's interesting. So I have another clip I want to show you with uh, AOC. And she has a, uh, a, uh, she has a moment of truth when it comes to a, uh, impeachment. So let's go to the video. At the end of the day, we have to be able to come together as a caucus. And if it is this Ukrainian allegation that is what brings the caucus together, um, then I think we have to run with however we unify the House. And so while I believe personally that we should be pursuing and investigating quite fragrant, fragrant, flagrant abuses of the emoluments clause, um, even reporting as recently as, as, may, as the suspicious stops at Trump properties, even in um, congressional delegations or rather in um, foreign trips, I think that all of this is, is game for investigation. But we also need to move quite quickly because we're talking about the potential compromise of the 2020 elections. And so this is not just about something that has occurred. This is about preventing a potentially disastrous outcome from occurring next year. Yeah, see. <laughs> I mean, how much more brain dead can you be when it comes to AOC? <laughs> well, Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez is not a very bright person. But then again, the people on the establishment right, like Charlie Kirk, are not very bright either. I mean, these people are both leading us into a totalitarian vision in which uh, the oligarchs, the people at the top, the people with the billions of dollars, the 1%, they control every single aspect of our reality. And we, the people, are slaves. We, the people, are servants. We, the people, are prisoners of their agenda, be it the far left agenda or the far right agenda. And so I think the great experiment of this Trump uh, administration, and ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you, I was there at the very beginning. I was embedded with the Trump campaign in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. I was there at the very beginning of this experiment. And I awesome. genuinely believe- All right, Patrick, genu we're going to go to a hard break. Finish that when we come back. All right, we'll see you back here in a minute. Fan that video, fan that video. All right, welcome back. Fan.video. Fan.video. I want to thank everyone for joining us this evening. Firepowernews.com. All right, we are talking to an awesome guest, Patrick Howie. He is laying it down. He's not holding back, and I love it. I love the insight. 
So right before we went to the break, Patrick, you were explaining to us um, how you perceive, I guess, President Trump from the beginning. And you're talking about Charlie Kirk and uh, a few other people. Continue, please, sir. Love to continue. Well, let me tell you, uh, very few people have more Trump credibility than I do, considering the fact that I was literally embedded with the Trump campaign in the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary and the South Carolina primary. I know very well what President Donald Trump's objectives are, what his aims were in being president in the United States. I think he's accomplished a lot of those things. However, it bothers me when people who are so far against uh, President Donald Trump during the primaries, when we were fighting so hard to get him elected, like Charlie Kirk, are speaking on behalf of President Donald Trump and saying that what he's really about is mass immigration. What he's really about is stapling green cards to uh, to people's diplomas and bringing uh, a massive amount of immigrants over to this country, because that's the corporate agenda, right? That's the corporatist agenda. And so the corporations want to co-op President Donald Trump's agenda any way they can. The fact that the matter is President Donald Trump is delivering for the people. That's why the entire swamp, be it Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell, is working against him. That's why both parties are working against him. And you know what? They want more than anything to remove him from office. Don't believe these Republicans who tweet, oh, well, this Republican, this uh, impeachment process is lacking transparency or whatever they tweet. They're on board with it just as well as Nancy Pelosi is. The Uniparty hates Donald Trump because he represents the people. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to go down as or I won't go down. Maybe I'll win. But either way, either I win or I lose, I'm willing to go down defending Donald Trump as the president of the United States, just as I was willing to do so on day one of the Iowa caucus. And all these people, be they Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez or Charlie Kirk or Ben Shapiro or any of them, they can come at me as with with everything they've got. I'll tell you right now, I'm not giving up. I'm not ceding an inch of ground. We are going on. We are going to war. We're going on offense. Okay. We are going to take down every single person who's against us. It's time to ride on our enemies, as Tupac Shakur said. And these people better be getting nervous. They mm. better be getting nervous because we're coming at them head on, baby. Donald Trump, 2020. <laughs> I love it. So, Patrick, I think you're actually honing in on one of the important reasons why the really good messaging. I love it. I think, but really, this is one of the reasons why our messaging isn't getting across when it comes to impeachment, because we have the likes of Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, who called Steve Bannon alt-right adjacent, who called Trump a member of the alt-right, who called Breitbart alt-right. Uh, you have Charlie Kirk, all of these people who were vehemently anti-Trump in 2015 and 16. Now, somehow they've been brought into the fold. And of course, everybody who was actually pro-Trump in 2015-16 is getting banned off the face of the earth. Alex Jones has been banned. Right. You've lost your Twitter numerous times, and now you're horribly shadow banned, yet you still break through. Uh, Band.video exists because real Trump supporters are banned. So how do we, like, what is the tactics? Is what we've been seeing with Charlie Kirk the right way to go about it, where you show up at his rallies and ask real, well-informed, well-thought-out questions? How do we fight back and make it so actual Trump supporters have a voice? 
Well, Charlie Kirk is completely incapable of answering these questions that these students are posing at his uh, at his um, Q and A sessions because he doesn't actually come up with his own opinions. His opinions are written for him by the Koch brothers or whoever else writes all these opinions for Dan Crenshaw and these idiots Ben Shapiro. I mean, the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, we're losing our country due to mass immigration. You can accept that or you or, or you cannot accept that. I mean, if you watch Fox News, you're never even going to you know, encounter this reality because they conceal it from you. The fact of the matter is we're bringing in over a million immigrants a year and naturalizing them. I mean, we're, we're losing our entire country. Our country is just becoming a uh, big strip mall, a big uh, Walmart strip mall. I mean, th this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, we're losing our country in real time. And so all of these idiots uh, who are out there, uh, you know, pretending that they represent some kind of right wing or some kind of conservative wing so that they can grift money or get book deals off of the sympathy of, uh, you know, aging conservative viewers. I mean, I have no respect for them whatsoever. The fact of the matter is this country is being lost. If we don't support Stephen Miller, the only guy who's actually gotten in there as an advisor who wants to change the immigration laws, we've gotten the wall thanks to Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, our two great Supreme Court picks. We took that all the way to the Supreme Court. We got the wall, okay? We, we, um, DACA is a battle now at the Supreme Court. Everything's going to be a battle at the Supreme Court. This election's going to be a battle at the Supreme Court. We have to support Stephen Miller. We have to support the people who want to prevent the demographic takeover of America because um, de demography is destiny, ladies and gentlemen. We see it in uh, Virginia. We see it in Virginia, which used to be one of the most conservative states in the union. They are flooding immigrants into this country to vote Democrat. And now we've got swing states in Texas. We've got swing states in Florida. We've got a swing state in Arizona. These should not be swing states for the love of God. Yeah. We're losing absolutely. our country. We are losing yeah. our country right in front of our eyes, ladies and gentlemen. We are. And you know what? Wake We're losing our and you know what, Patrick? We're losing our freedoms. They want to take our freedoms away, just like what Tom uh, just mentioned about how, you know, you're being shadow banned. We're all being shadow banned for the most part on Twitter and then even on Facebook and YouTube. They're, because conservatives, they don't want anyone to come out. If they're successful on removing, let's say, President Trump from Twitter, I mean, we're nothing compared to that. I mean, if they can remove President Trump from Twitter, okay, and they're pushing for it. Then, then the rest of us, we're just, I mean, right now we're still just fair game. They don't care about us at all, but they have to remove President Trump because they probably feel, oh, it's fair. It's unfair. He can reach so many people. So I want to play this clip for you with Camilla Harris, where she mm -hmm. is calling out for it. And then she asked Elizabeth Warren to join in with her. And ironically, I mean, the funny thing is, is that Elizabeth Warren says no. Well, sounds like, whoa, really? Let's go to this clip so you can see it. We will hold social media platforms accountable for the hate infiltrating their platforms because they have a responsibility to help fight against this threat to our democracy. And if you profit off of hate, if you act as a megaphone for misinformation or cyber warfare, if you don't police your platforms, we are going to hold you accountable as a community. 
Senator Warren, I just want to say that I was surprised to hear that you did not agree with me that on this subject of what should be the rules around corporate responsibility for these big tech companies, when I called on Twitter to suspend Donald Trump's uh, account, that you did not agree, and I would, I would urge you to join me. So, look, I don't just want to push Donald Trump off Twitter. I want to push him out of the White House. That's our job. So join but me, the way, join but me the, in saying that his Twitter account figure, should be shut down. No, let's figure out. No? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, seriously, this is a person that's in Congress asking the to censor and to shut down President Trump. So within two yeah. minutes, let's hear your opinion on that. And then again, uh, tell everyone how they can connect with you. By every standard, the cause of free speech has been completely annihilated in the last two years. Silicon Valley has banned the vast majority of people who have an original point of view off of the Internet. This is absolutely egregious. The totalitarianism is right before our very eyes every single day. And these conservative ink quizlings, absolute Neville Chamberlain quizlings, who are out there trying to represent the Republican Party are on the same exact side as the Democrats, the same exact side. They want to censor and shut down everyone who isn't part of the globalist totalitarian agenda. We're losing our country before our very eyes, ladies and gentlemen, and none of these heroes, none of the people you see on Fox News, I don't know Dan Bongino or any of these people, TikTok, you know, whoever they are, I don't care, Charlie Kirk, I don't know who these people are. I know some of them a little bit. They're not on your side, ladies and gentlemen. It's all going down right now. They want, they hate you. They want to destroy you. They want to delete you off the internet. They want to erase your name from the history books. They want to put you in prison. They want you dead. That is what, that is the agenda of the corporatist globalist elites. The left and the right are on the same side, ladies and gentlemen. So if American patriots don't rise up right now and engage with the asymmetrical warfare that we are presented with and actually do something here in this darkest hour, this is the darkest hour. This is like Winston Churchill. This is the mm-hmm. darkest hour of America right now. If we well, don't hey, rise up right now, we're going to lose it forever. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I want to thank you for coming on with us and giving us your opinion and not holding back as usual. Bye. All right, guys, we'll everyone. We'll be back tomorrow.